0: hi and now that you're here we're all in the company of your cool aunts i'm sam and i'm ted and this is the your cool aunts podcast where we follow the lives and times of cool aunts through claire's diary so welcome back and if you're new here you can also check us out on our website and instagram and twitter so follow us like us subscribe Do all those wonderful things. Leave us a review. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So let's get to it. Claire's Diary. Hi, how are you today? We're back at the mics. Back at the mic. I'm fine, thank you.
1: (laughs) My, we're being formal
0: today. What's the deal? (laughs) Is this a formal day? Is this a formal story? No, it looks, from what I can see here, it looks long-ish. The diary entry looks long-ish.
1: Well, you know with Claire there's always a reason for everything she sends us, so let's jump
0: in. I know. So, shall we? Sure. Claire's notes, where she says, predictably, nieces, aunts, and friends. I was looking back at some of the stories from my diary that I've shared with you so far and realized that I really haven't provided you with enough details about my tour guide friends. And Claire, I'll step out for a second, Claire is referring to the other young women she met when she was uh, in France doing the summer this summer internship in the Champagne houses, right? Mm-hmm. Or I should say in the calves of the Champagne houses. So, she continues, It is important for you to get to know them because they are so present in my life and business to this day, some more so than others, but our little network of women and wine and spirits is serious business for sure. We have the trust necessary to rely on one another for help or advice as we build or grow our related businesses. She continues. A particularly fascinating element in our group is the presence of Brigitte. This air quotes kid from our beloved village who hung out with us on our days off became a far more central figure than any of us could have imagined at the time. It turns out that she always was a coolant, regardless of her age. Or ours at the time and remains so to this day. One trait of a coolant is the consistency of her personality and her actions, predictable only in the sense of the highest standards. These coolants are amazing individuals in their own innumerable ways. I continue my quest to describe and define them for you, for all of us, and we'll talk again soon, Claire. Well, that was like a little mixed up for me but I think what I'm getting from this is in Claire's continued quest to describe and define as she says she's going to tell us some more about her co tour guide I think Claire is making an attempt to refocus on her on the friends she acquired while she was doing her internship and working in the coves right
1: Right At the beginning of her diary entry she tells us about her cool aunt Laurent and that's who I think we think of as the cool aunt.
0: Right. That's sort of the basis and standard. It was the first that she had focused on. Right. And, and over time, she's beginning to use that standard of measure for a lot of different people.
1: Could be cool cool friends, could be cool aunts. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not aunt in the, in the way that traditional way that we think of aunt. It's just these women who have, who are special. There's something special about them, whether they're 17 or 70. There's something special about them.
0: Yeah, I think she's used the term cool aunt and you could insert in place of cool aunt, you could say interesting woman, confident woman, you know, independent person, whatever, right? Right. I'm realizing I say that all the time when I'm checking myself. I say, right, right.
1: (laughs) Is that looking for agreement?
0: So the diary entry for today is called Common Traits. And I believe Claire is referring to cool aunts. And Claire starts with, I think of Brigitte as a little sister. She is neither. She's a tall, lanky reed of a kid, so fast to move around and to think, to whip out a crack or a hilarious one-liner. I admired her. I wanted to allow myself the elevated spirit that seemed to fuel her physically and emotionally. She is that kid who knew where to find a shade tree hanging over a stream with a rope to get over to the other side. She knew how to navigate around security gates and to move about the village unnoticed by adults. Once, she shared a particularly prized secret, a long-ago abandoned cherry tree heavy with ripe fruit. She knew of all the treasures of a place that only the kids who roam it seemed to know.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that, That's an interesting passage. So in Brigitte's neighborhood, in her village, she finds or she has knowledge of these special places because she's been there.
0: Yeah, this is what you... This is home for her. I remember as a kid, you knew the shortcuts through different yards. I grew up in the city, but not deep in a city where everyone, every house had a yard, a small yard. And you knew how to slip through in between the houses and the garages quietly or unnoticed and... The one, the one secret I knew of was a pear tree. Hmm. And it was this elderly couple, and they were the nicest people in the world. And they would invite you to go in and pick the pears. that's pretty cool. Yeah, they were really sweet. I think they were wise to befriend the children (laughs) of the neighborhood. (laughs) Well, it got them there.
1: It probably brought a lot of joy to them to have kids around, making noise and picking their pears.
0: You know, I I think of that couple still. They um, probably planted those trees when their children were small, and they watched them grow into these big, beautiful Bartlett pear trees It's really something.
1: I think neighborhoods have a special quality that only children have access to that information because they do move around the neighborhood more so than their parents, unless, of course, their parents grew up in that neighborhood. But usually kids have a way of finding the special park or the route to the special park or the special tree, as you just mentioned. And that makes childhood even more unique for each kid.
0: When you think about it, their ability to amass this information is through experience because they hang out with another kid who showed them the tree or the whatever we're talking about. Passing yeah. on the knowledge, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: but you do. You do learn from someone kid who's info. Old, older. <laughs> right? The kid internet, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Claire continues, as much as I wanted to give big sister guidance to Brigitte, She allowed me to be a real kid for just a moment more. Brigitte didn't need to speed into adulthood, but she was desperate to get out of the boredom of this place, this little village. It was too small for her spirit. And no matter what, I knew what she hoped, that she was destined for an interesting future. (laughs) This is also how I described her in a letter home, and my mother's response was to suggest that we introduce Brigitte to my little gang of tour guides. That was a very um, good... So Claire's mother, you know, in reading this letter from from Claire, is reading about this young, high-spirited kid. And she said, well, you know, bring her into your group.
1: But you know what a few years difference does to a group, right? she probably felt she was too young to be around older. Although you do think you're, it's a cool thing to be around older people.
0: Oh, I think when, speaking from my experience, I'm not projecting this on Brigitte, but when I was included with the older kids of the family and cousins and siblings, whatever it was, you just kind of laid back so you didn't want to be noticed because they'd start editing or excluding you like, oh, you shouldn't be hearing this or doing this or whatever. And you just, all you wanted to do was be with them as the little kid,
1: right? Yeah, I had a very different experience because I was one of the older ones. I never (laughs) really, they were there, you know, you you knew they were there, they'd be around.
0: I was was the youngest one in my extended family. I have one cousin who was my age by a month, Mm. you know. I think younger kids are thrilled to be included with the older kids. I mean that's that's pretty well
1: known, but but some older kids are very kind to younger kids and bring them in and others aren't. But if you're lucky to be around a group of people like that, there's usually one or two cousins who are very attentive to mm-hmm. the younger mm-hmm. the younger ones coming in.
0: Well, I mean it's a personality issue, isn't it? Yeah. So, let's continue. The next section's entitled The Guides of Champa- of the Champagne Cubs. The gang, as my mother called them, was made up of nine young women who, like me, had come to Champagne to work as tour guides in the Cobs, The guides of Champagne Cobbs, we named ourselves the GCC, (laughs) or as we called it, the GCC. (laughs) And then she goes on, she says, I thought it was hilarious because it sounded important. (laughs) Sounds like a UN group. Yeah, yeah. We'd bask in the slowness of Mondays when nothing happened throughout the village. I always felt those Mondays were more of an extended Sunday than a workday here in Champagne, with the sole exception of the farm-slash-vineyard work. At times, I'd stop to remember that in other places, people were back at work. Life was running at full speed again, but no, not here. Nope, this was Champagne, and no one was visible beyond the vineyard rows. But the G C. <laughs> would gather at the always open cafe to contemplate how little there was to do and the funny stories about the tourists we'd collected during the last week. I started to bring Brigitte along to do nothing with us, thinking I might open her world a bit beyond the village. I had no idea how much she'd bring into this gang of nine. Suddenly, she had not just me, but nine wannabe big sisters together. We teach her everything a young girl wants to know. But the oddity was that this kid readily became something more like a leader in the group. (laughs) She she regaled us with scandalous village stories, some legendary, some maybe even true.
1: (laughs) I can see this. Well, here she is with information that they don't know about, right? They're living in a place and they know very little other than what they get out of the job they do every day. But here's somebody who's been there her whole life, and she's got insight as to what they don't know about where they're living right now.
0: Next section. She reminded me of someone. It wasn't too long after that, I began to understand Brigitte more clearly. It dawned on me how much she reminded me of Laurent, especially when I began to mentally tally their similarities. They had a special way of understanding how things work, how people feel, even before they can articulate it themselves. She seems to be able to jump forward to those kinds of understandings and then struggles to understand why others cannot see it as she does. <laughs> the more I recognize the similarities, the more I notice them. From the village life in Champagne, an amazing intellect, that tension of being of a place and wanting to escape it too. As far as the GCC was concerned... We all came to see her as far more than a little sister and how much we needed her, all far from home, happy to escape, but missing some things, too. I think she made us all feel a little like a substitute family.
1: Boy, there's a lot in that one. Because here you have these nine women. I think we say that after every, after (laughs) every. But but this one, uh, here you have a group of women from all over the world, and Mm -hmm. they've traveled to this place. And yeah, we I guess a younger person would look at them as being these sophisticated young women, right? They're missing something too, which is I guess homesickness to a certain extent, a little bit anyway, and the unfamiliarity of the place that they're in. And yet here you have a young woman who kind of fills a little bit of that void for them Mm -hmm. because she can connect them to what's local and home to them, what can be considered home while they're while they're living there.
0: Brigitte, I believe, managed to elevate their experience and bring them into the village in a way that only a, a local kid could. You know, that knowledge she had about the place and about the people who live there and how to move about it and all the good stuff. But I think when you're more connected to a place, you can be more comfortable there. It feels a little bit more like home. You know your way around literally and figuratively.
1: Yeah. And the other thing is the exchange between the experience of these nine other people who come from so many different places and the local, you know, is this a local girl who's going to stay there for the rest of her life? You know what I mean? I Mm -hmm. mean, you know, because there's something to be said about people who don't move versus people who do travel to other places or live in other places. I often wonder, what would it be like if you stayed in a place your entire life and never ventured anyplace else? How different would it be? Well, there's be.
0: two different, I think there's this distinction and another distinction in the, in what you're saying is that being in one place, you know, sort of growing up in a place and, you know, living your life there is one thing, but never leaving in the sense of traveling and seeing other places, that's a whole other thing. And, your world could get very small without the experience and the input of other people, or seeing. You know, this cultures. is why we travel, right? Right, right. Um, so,
1: so Brigitte connects to these
0: nine people, and they connect little to sisters, her. and yeah. they connect to her as well. Yeah. Claire says several weeks before our very last season together wound down, the Cove tour season, that is, the GWC met to figure out. How we could get Brigitte into the Champagne Cave tour guide program. Normally, these Champagne houses would not hire locals as guides, blatantly discriminating against them as mere farmers, certainly not posh enough to be tour guides. Farmers were not, in their eyes, vintners. Well, here we go again. (laughs) I think our time in Champagne, in the region, I think I can say I have observed that as well. There's a little bit of tension between the people who are involved with the champagne houses. They all live, they're all from the same place. And then the people who don't. And, you know, they're involved in all kinds of other jobs. I mean, this isn't, this is a modern place. It's not like you're either working in the field or in the champagne. You know? So there's a little bit of an edge. Well, would you
1: say it between the farmers, the people who produce the grapes and do the work, the grueling work of cultivating them? Mm-hmm. And then the people who buy the grapes and sell them to these houses.
0: Well, again, you just you just revealed another distinction where there's a couple of layers to that.
1: Right. Because I think there is this the people who make the grapes, the houses are not necessarily the people who go out and cultivate. No, and Moet take does care not of the
0: grapes. grow many grapes. They're enormous buyers of grapes. And they make their wine blend to be consistently taste the same. But they're buying up a significant portion of the production of the champagne region. Right.
1: They're the companies and they have international people coming like these tour guides, as well as people who come to work for them from all over the world. And then they have to deal with the locals. So whether they're the farmers or the people who, you know, the vintners, if you will.
0: There are. Let me let me insert this here. There's a lot of technical stuff that we could run down 20 rabbit holes right now. And I think we're both like hesitating to go there. And it's not a good, this isn't a good place for that. Right. So happy to share that with you and uh, (laughs) get into that discussion. But I think the point is that there's a distinction between And Brigitte's experience between the people who, you know, are growing the grapes and the people who make the champagne and work for those entities and the champagne house attitude is and never shall the two mix.
1: Right. And that's what makes this so special, because Claire is providing an opportunity for a local to have an experience with these older tour guides.
0: You know, and I know we both know that there's probably some joy with these young women in wanting to beat the system to get You're Brigitte talking about the, the, the local people oh no the, yeah, the tour to, guides right shall i go on or did you sure you know go okay ahead. the hypocrisy claire says was lost on no one especially brigitte so we developed a plan to navigate the hurdles used by the champagne houses to exclude her a path to the international escape she craved and needed at least for a season at a time this is what we wanted to do okay what's their plan The nine of us were forced together. We submitted applications at each of the houses where we worked on behalf of Brigitte. Working from our home countries, so let me interject here, they were doing this off-season when they all went back home wherever they lived, you know, with their families, and they engaged in this conspiracy to get Brigitte into the program. So working from our home countries, Claire continues, we presented an international version of Brigitte to the Champagne Houses who thought they didn't want a true Champenoise to interact with the tourists. Of course, they would want this international bilingual young woman. We knew that. We knew our way around the absurdities and navigated them for her because we were her cool aunts and she ours. Understanding, knowing, smart and determined women. We all wished we could be more like Brigitte, And I think she knew this, too, and reveled in that status. We tour guides all became a little bit champenoise that summer.
1: Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) Well, talk about putting together a group to make something happen.
0: You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of when you're in school and there's an absurd rule and... The kids will vector in on that role and torture the administration over it. And they'll go right up to the edge and they'll just that's what it reminds me of what you go through in those.
1: Well, I think it also says something about this group of nine. And here they are now all across the world and making this commitment to help Brigitte. You know, it's it's funny when people are together and they're going after a common purpose. It's very different than when they are scattered around the world and you're saying, please get this in and please, you know, it seems like the cohesion of the group changes when they're no longer all in the same place. And yet somehow this group maintains that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they use that as a force to help her get that job. I agree. Which probably solidifies their own experience because here they are having yet another experience, not in the cobs together, but outside and helping and and getting a result.
0: Well, we already know this is a very long term bond that's been created. And I mean, I'm, you know, Claire's skipping back several years here to recount how they, (laughs) you know. We don't know the outcome, but I'm assuming. I was going to say, so what happened? You know, I don't know yet. This is the end. We've reached the end of this entry, but that's that's not the end of what I have to say.
1: <laughs> Suffice it
0: to say. let me Let me go back here for a second. I'm thinking about how Claire started this off, that it's called common traits. And I think she's saying there are there are certain traits among people who have that something about them. That this is what Claire is always writing about. This is what she believes defines someone as a cool aunt. And as her experiences grow and, you know, she collects them in her diary, she's coming to realize that a lot of people can be considered a cool aunt and... I will project out in time and say I think we've all known someone who has that quality. It may be fleeting at times or it may be a status that they hold pretty consistently. And So it's, there's
1: no there's no prescription for this is how you become a cool lot, right? There are different ways that it manifests itself. Right. I think there,
0: so, it's exactly the title there are common traits, but the definition is not a very tight one because it's it's not a blood relative. It's not necessarily somebody who's older than you are. And they can be quite close in age. I mean, that's possible with a blood relative too. You can have an aunt who's your age or younger than you. Or, you know, we have all all kinds of iterations with our with our families and extended families. But the point being, anybody can be a cool aunt. It's someone who inspires another person in any way. Well, what do you think Brigitte was to them? I group. think Brigitte was a cool aunt to them. In they term- were all trying to be her big sister, but right. they were all inspired by her. Right. You know, she was still younger, and she still had kids. She had knowledge tendencies. too,
1: right? She had the but, knowledge of the place. But she had a a, a
0: a wise sense of her. And Claire said in here, she, Claire said that she seemed to know what people are feeling before they're able to articulate it themselves, and grows frustrated when you know other people don't see it yet. Like, what are you waiting for? Kind of.
1: You know, what you're saying reminds me of when Claire realized or the first diary entry that she shared with us where she talks about her cool aunt. And even as young as she was, she understood what the makings of a cool aunt or what she she didn't know the word at that time, but why this particular person meant so much to her. Yeah. And what trait she exhibited to make her stand up and to take notice of Laurent. So it comes in lots of different ways and lots of different times in our lives, I guess. I'm
0: doing a, a quick mental inventory of I can't imagine how many people I've encountered that could fit this common trait sort of definition of a cool aunt. You know, I think, too, that Claire is always talking about this inspirational quality about them and that it can be as simple as seeing someone the way she does something, complete stranger. You saw her in passing and you thought, wow, that looks cool. Or, well, not to overuse the word cool, but, oh, I, would, I didn't think of doing that that way. There's or, no static definition
1: of you have to have these qualities to be a yeah, cool one right? Yeah. It can be, like you said, a fleeting, someone passing by you who looks a certain way or does a certain thing. Or a, a salesperson who exhibits a certain kind of quality when they're treating you know treating a customer it could be something that small or it could be something over a period of time Mm -hmm. well so here we are trying to define always we're always trying to define what is exactly is a cool because i think people want to know two plus two equals four right has to but with a cool lot it can be all kinds of variations on the theme
0: well this is Claire's mission. She wants people to awaken to open their eyes, open their world to be receptive to an inspiration provided by another person. At a glance in a conversation, someone close to you, younger, or older, it can come from any direction and that we need to kind of take a breath and it can even be yourself. Elevate that awa- well, elevate that awareness. Well, you can provide the inspiration as well as receive it. And that's that's the point. So my my my, we really got into Claire's philosophical purpose. philosophical well, ways of thinking. I, you know, this is why she's doing the whole diary thing. Why she's sharing the diary? She wants people to wake up to that whole experience: giving, receiving, inspiring, being inspired, being aware. Yeah. I also think there's
1: a lot of self-reflection in this too. I think Gee, we tend to think? look. I think we tend to look at somebody else as opposed to looking inward to ourselves mm-hmm. and what we bring to the table. Because a lot of times we don't want to acknowledge that we might be cool on, so we might have special traits that other people admire.
0: Claire is. Women tend to. Claire complains way. about this all the time because people. Mm. She has indicated this, that many people will say, well, you're a cool aunt. No, 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 that's not. And she steers it right away from herself, which is kind of funny. So, well, I think this is a conversation worth <laughs> worth continuing if you'd Absolutely. like. Your thoughts, your stories about your cool aunts. Put them up Twitter, Instagram, wherever you're hanging out. Don't forget, hey, follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts and you won't miss a thing. So I'm Sam. And I'm Ted. And we'll see you next time when we're Back Back at at the the mic. Mic.